Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the fourth season of Plebs on Footy Podcast. I'm your host, Roy O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. Uh, so what are we going with? Are we going with the week of Sam Frost, or is it the week where Rory eats his words about the Western Bulldogs? Is, which, which is the theme for this week? I'm happy with either. We could also do the week where Max Gorn was objectively decided by the AFL to be the so best player in the So two car. of those things are wrong, and then one is the celebration of the man himself, Sam Frost. So let's so go with that. We're going with the week of Frost. But like, yeah, don't like try and bring me down, Scott. My team won by 10 goals. <laughs> well, I'm allowed to try to bring you down. No, I'm, no. Well, you can I'm, try, but I'm fucking impervious right now. I can't even... Well, why are we you beat so Car- happy? We beat Carlton. Now we're going to win the flag. You actually have been a pain in the ass. <laughs> why? You beat Carlton, who were terrible. Uh, green shoots, Scott. Green shoots. Mate, you've been, you've been unbearable this week. Like, you've taken it too far. I, I don't understand oh, I your I still mindset. haven't made you watch that fucking video. That's coming. <laughs> Stop with the language, Banjo. Stop with the language. But uh, no, I'm not going to watch the video of your ruck. Your, who was it? Goldstein's ruck worker, I assume. Yeah, what other ruckman do we have, Scott? Braden Pruce. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> we have that legend. But uh, no, no, I, I refuse the, to I watch I think that. the medical room has that legend at the moment, Scott. Oh, he's going to be back this week, I hear. But no, oh, I'm no, not maybe, stoking maybe your has, fire. Maybe he has a beer during rehab and um, won't, won't be able to. won't be allowed. <laughs> Shut up. All right. All right. You can have barbs back at me. But uh, no, I'm not going to watch that video because I refuse to stoke your fire because you're being bloody Rory again. And I forgot how much I hated you, but I've been reminded. It's just nice. It's just nice. I'm just not even happy at all. But seriously, though, like, have you... Like, that... That, that This weekend made me remember, oh yeah, football can be fun. It doesn't make me want to cry all the time. And that was nice. The, the thing, That's why I'm happy. I'd been very, very sad. And just not having to be sad is making me feel nice. I, like, I just haven't... Pati- I, I, I don't yeah, because you didn't actually pay it that well, did you? Well, I, I, <laughs> I think the thing which did get rekindled, which I forgot about, was just that like fierce competitiveness that comes from a game of footy. Like yeah. there was nothing like, I don't think winning the game means anything at all. I didn't think we played well. I'm not projecting anything further, mm. but you just get to a point halfway through the game. And you're just like, man, I just, I just want to win yeah. though. I just want to so win. The little thing that makes that. you start yelling at umpires, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, start screaming ball. I was, I was at home for this one and I sort of halfway through the third court. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. I got surprise face. I know. I know. What, I, what came up? Uh, there were there were a lot of things. I had I had a lot of study to do. I had no one to watch it with me. Oh, I, so I I didn't weak. go. But I was so weak, Scott. Oh, come on, mate. I bloody went to every game during the Mark Neal era. I can't be criticised for my commitment. But yeah, it was kind of halfway through the third quarter. All of a sudden, I just start standing up, yelling, swearing <laughs> at the TV and stuff. It just kind of took a hold of me. So I enjoyed the win from that perspective. But like, it hasn't been particularly lasting. Well, you've still just been an unbearable piece of crap. Anyway, green we... shoots, Scott. Green shoots. <laughs> Shut up, Brendan. Uh, let's move on to everyone's favourite segment to cheer everyone up in the week of Rory being unbearable. The segment's gold jacket, green jacket. The title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit. And we give three, two, and one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. First ever uh, tie break, or first tie break of 2019 mm. we had this year, which means you you're, you do the tie break. You're the one who goes through the yes, formula. Yes, when the going gets tough. Them. Tough get going. I, you ask, you bring in the big guns. You ask for the objective, the objective answer to come out. Yeah, we've never had two draws before, so I don't know what the next stage is if you draw Ooh. up on the formula as well. But we'll get to that at some point. But yeah, one vote. Like we can only pray. One vote, thanks to Rory's input, is uh, West Coast defeated Gold Coast by twenty three points. The uh, the Battle of the Coasts. <laughs> We're getting all. Oh, I cannot believe you stole that. Oh, stole you sneered at me when I said that. <laughs> uh, the coast to coast battle. Oh, 
I I am cut. This is more annoying than your bulldog shit. Ah <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm wait I'm waiting to get to that. But uh, look, I suppose the main take out of this game is uh, most people are just a bit grumpy about West Coast. Really, I, I probably went into this game thinking I thought they would flog them. I thought it would be a thing of they looked like they were going to. Yeah, well, I mean, they did for, early on. It was a game, and then they did it in just yeah a patch the second of, like, quarter. In the or second Jack quarter. Darling just said enough. Yeah, and then they just took the foot off the gas. They don't have the penetration they had last year. They're still very precise, except they go sideways instead of forwards. And that's just the biggest well, difference. I, I would argue that's not precise. Like, no, I but like, they're, just... they're still playing the same short kicking. Yeah, they're trying to. Yeah, and but they're not getting any forward momentum. Yeah, which... they, they had much better performances out of their midfield this week. Pretty much every midfielder they'd want had 30 touches. Easy midfield to beat. Very easy, be but like, they still finally got on top. But it still didn't matter, which I think is reasonably worrying. Yeah, they are slightly worrying at the moment. I I haven't watched enough West Coast to really give an mm. opinion on it, but uh, I still suspect they'll get going at some point. Just because I just think they're too well coached, they're too well structured. They'll find a way. Yeah, and they're pretty much down in every area, to be honest. Like they're playing fine, but they're not. There's not one thing that's humming, and I think. That should all work into place. Probably wouldn't even say they're playing fine. I mean, yeah, they had a couple of genuinely bad performances. Yeah, and then four this and was, three. Yeah, this was good enough, pretty much. But it's anyway, a, their intercept markings not working that well. Their midfield's not working that well. And their forward line's not working that yeah, well. Yeah, I definitely think. Yeah, their ball movement is their biggest negative at the moment. Yeah, from, from what I've seen. But anyway, let's move on to two votes. Brisbane defeated Sydney by twenty-two points. Uh, this pretty predictable result. Brisbane looked really good early. The weather kicked in, became a bit of a slog. Sydney came back into it in the weather, which, you know, they tend to do. Yeah. And uh, sort of made it a little bit of a game for a while, but eventually Brisbane mm. probably a bit too good. Well, Tom Papley single-handedly kept them in the game. Kicked four <sighs> of the best goals you'll ever see. Yes, all right. You, what would you claim? Didn't you claim it was the best small forward game no, you've ever seen one or something? It's and still it's a big call. He probably, only kicked four. It's probably in the top five small forward performances I've seen. Like, look, I don't have a list of them at the top of my head, but that is a very good Yeah, well, point. maybe we can do top five small performances, small forward performances next week. <laughs> uh, interesting thing on Sydney, a stat which has come out a little bit. Uh, they're coming 17th in contested possessions this year. Well, think about their midfield. Who do you trust in a contested possession situation? Kennedy. Kennedy. Parker. Yeah, in patches. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't say I trust him. He's still, he's averaged 10 contested possessions a game for yeah, a long time. Yeah, okay, okay. Which is like a... Fair bar. But then it's nothing. Yeah, I know. But that's like... I suppose the problem with Sydney is they have had the exact same style of play ever since Longmire took over. Mm. I've seen no indication at any point of them trying to change or trying to do yeah, something different. It's be contested and kick it to both. It, that, that is 100% all it is. So my issue with them now is that's not working. It's mm. definitely not working. I have not seen any sign throughout Longmire's entire coaching tenure that he will do anything different and he will try to change things. Well, so to be fair, they're trying to attack a lot more through the corridor this year. They're like, this is just true, but they're turning the ball over because they're not good enough to do it. Yeah. So, like, he's trying something, and they are a very young side or a very old side. They don't have any prime age players, really. Yeah, but my issues, like, although I don't think their list is very good, my issues aren't as list-based. I just... I think that Longmire is a very uh, stubborn, very stale coach. Yeah, that's and probably fair. I, like the, in my head, I actually think he probably 
should go sometime over the next few years just because he's been there quite a while yeah. he's done a good job he's absolutely done a good job i'm not saying he's not a good coach but i think something needs to change there something they needs probably to be do need a refresher a don't they we've been drifting to this point for quite a long time but that, that's my issue with sydney but anyway let's move on to the big three voter uh one of the more disappointing games to watch you'll ever see adelaide defeated Fremantle by 17 points so to those teams we say gold jacket green jacket who gives a shit this is the most sort of gut feel three vote game I think I've ever had watching live like watching yeah. live I'm just like I could not care less about this <laughs> like I actually said who gives a shit <laughs> nah, see I did give a shit because I care about Frio and they've been going alright and I really wanted them to get the win and I look so but like I, from a results based kind of yes but the actual game <laughs> was just so bad the issue with the game so so look I I only started watching it towards the end of the game when it was close. And in terms of that, it was actually quite yeah, exciting to watch. it was very Sydney-West Coast grand final. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that. The issue with this game, though, is like watching for most of the game, there would have been a thing of, I know this game is going to be decided in the last five minutes. So what is the point in watching the yeah, rest of it? It's the <laughs> criticism that people have of basketball all, all the time. Of yeah, like, why do I, I need to watch criticism. anything yeah. <laughs> other than the last five minutes? Yeah. And for this, you evidently proved that to be correct. Yeah. You watched the last five minutes, it was fun for you i watched the first half and it made me want to cry (laughs) yeah can you please explain to me what Fremantle are doing i just it seems to be they're changing their style of play every week yeah they 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 feel like bipolar one week they're just normal ross lion football and the other week they just try and kill sides they're manic the next week it's i've never and i don't know it's really they have both the highest and lowest score on the season this year yeah, okay, that that makes sense. But like, so I, as I say, I didn't really watch this game. But I'm, I swear to God, from what I've seen of Frio, it does seem like it's an intent thing. I, I mm. honestly think there are some games where it looks like they're trying to pick off corridor kicks and they're trying to stream forward as as a midfield group. In all honesty, there are other games where it feels like they just get numbers around the ball and trying to make it a slog. And I, it, you couldn't be making those that bigger extreme change week to week. It, no, it I, to be strange. fair, I think a lot of this was that were beaten and Adelaide didn't take advantage. Adelaide missed a lot of pretty easy shots. Didn't They were kind of played a lot of Melbourne not capitalising on their inside 50s type football and they probably should have won by 40 But were points. Adelaide trying to contain it? Were they trying to make it a slow dower game? Not particularly. Like who, and they still had the opportunities. They just couldn't kick to save themselves. But, but like it was... There were not a like lot they of should have, They shots. probably should have kicked 80 points. It was definitely a contested, low-scoring slog of a game, which means one of those teams has to have made that decision that what that's what they want it to be. I think a little bit was both of them. Yeah, okay. Well, that's yeah, that that's possible. But uh, I I don't really understand Fremantle how, and I don't really know where they're at. No, they're they're going to be very play. very interesting to watch. Yes, going and uh, Adelaide have managed to string some wins together, just not through anything particularly pretty. But they are starting better. to look better. Frio are pretty good. St Kilda are. Fine. They, they've had a couple of good wins. Still can't believe they lost to North. That one's not going to look good at the end of the year. <laughs> but they're, they're going to get there. They'll. I think they'll probably make the eight from you, to be honest. I'm, I'm confident yeah. Adelaide will. More more from a draw perspective than anything. Yeah, but I think they're a good enough team to get enough wins. Like, yeah, agreed. It, it'll happen. I'm confident they'll make the eight. And like, I'm hopeful that they do click to the yeah. extent that they'll be quite a good top eight team. But, Agreed. Uh, yes. Anyway, let's move on to our Kane Corns segment where we look at one of the boldest calls uh, 
made over the weekend and then make a bold call of our own just to really get the juices we, flowing. We should make it clear that often we try to have dumb calls, but they the segment the is big calls. The idea is saying something just a little bit outrageous. And I think the, the most Kane Corns thing to do is to pick up on a point which is somewhat accurate and to yeah, just a sliver of truth, just blow it out to that level that he yeah. knows is going to get a headline. And I think that's what Matty Lloyd has done here. So, what is our one this week, Banjo? So this week, Matty Lloyd, just as you said, absolutely taking it to the nth degree. He goes, Tom Lynch is a massive concern. That's a, that's a pretty mild. That's not too bad. Yeah, and Tom Lynch is second in the Coleman, but you know, it's not the, not the most aggressive <laughs> phrase no, in the no, world. No. But then he goes. He's turning like I maybe would as a 41-year-old, and that's a really big sledge. But unless he can mark it or get it laced out, he's a liability at the moment. The word liability for me is one of those words... It's when just the s- kicker, isn't it? Well, yeah, when someone has a conversation around a player and they say liability, it's just like alarm bells just yeah. go off and it just stands out for me. And like, like it's just, I just think it's the most... It's just about the worst thing you can say about an AFL footballer is saying that especially, you are a negative to your team. Especially on the pressure front because that is like a non-negotiable at this point. Yeah. It's the exact same criticism Ben Brown was getting a couple of weeks ago. He'd want to do what Ben Brown did this week. I haven't, like, so I haven't heard the full conversation from Matty Lloyd. No, was neither. it was it about uh, pressure at ground level, or was it about being able to gather it below his knees at ground level and he's being able to do stuff? All right at that stuff historically. Like I remember watching him at the Gold Coast. He's fine oh, for a key knees. forward. He's mobile enough, and he's got he's like reasonably good going around the body um, and kicking on the run, like. It may not fully be there at Richmond, but he's got those tools. I took it to mean mostly pressure, and after the yep. ball hits the deck, he's not doing enough, not sort of putting enough pressure on it and not really yeah, willing himself to the contest enough and just sort of being a bit lazy. That's how I took it, and so, I think that's reasonably fair. So, just looking at this, so a few weeks ago, uh, Lee Montagna said, I don't think Tom Lynch is playing well, and we had Pucci telling us that that should have been in the Cane Corns, and we both looked at it and said like, no, I, I agree with it. I think that's spot on. What Lloydie has done is he's taken a little bit of truth yeah. and has blown it out of proportion. But yeah, I don't think Tom Lynch is playing particularly well. No. I think he's getting a lot of easy goals. I don't think they're as structurally sound as they were when Rewalt was the main man. No, he's not as good a link player at all as Rewalt. Absolutely not. He's, he, to be honest, him. he's just not as good as Rewalt. Um, it would Probably. be interesting to see how they go if he had that support, but playing one out is not quite working for him. And it's only working occasionally for Richmond. Um, it's sort of, they've yeah. been very hit and I'm, miss. I'm, the, the, the only game this year I've watched of Richmond, which I thought he was playing well, was against Port Adelaide. I thought he yeah. played really and well. He there. played really, really well. Yeah, apart from that, I've kind of been like, oh yeah, he's kicked a couple of goals. Yeah. But anyway, so Mike, oh no, is it me first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll go I had for, a good yeah, segue, but I want to get yours. You've got right a very, first. very long one, which we're going to have to have a lot of time for. My one is, I think Chad Wingard is a bigger wasted talent than Harley Bennell. This is fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. No, okay, okay. So okay. Let the question is, who? let's start it from one one point. Who has more talent, Wingard or Bennell? Bennell. <laughs> <laughs> Who's made an All-Australian team, Wingard or Bennell? Who's a better player is, is Wingard. Yeah. <laughs> but look, I'm doing a Lloydie. I'm taking an, a skerrick of truth and I'm like blowing it, it out of I proportion. Like it. It That's what I'm doing. It really, really sad because uh, I bloody love Harley Bennell. I was really... You love Harley Bennell. Watching his best... His oh, best God, football. you love assholes, don't but you? No, it's, it's not about his personal... Like, you've got no affection for him as a particularly as a human being, but missing out <laughs> on watching him play football at the level he could is a real shame. Like, yes, just for of everybody. Of course. Like, I, 
I cry because like, I weep for Harley. Well, he's Dale. probably the biggest wasted talent we've ever seen because he's one of the most talented players we've ever seen. Great work, just going straight back on your call. <laughs> no, okay, I know I'm going back on my call, but anyway, I do want to rip into Chad Wingard very, very. Go quickly, ahead. Uh, I was really keen to have a go at him this week. He is not a great footballer. He's extremely arrogant, even though he's not a great footballer. And I did, I did not like the look at halftime with the Hawthorne group. Not because I didn't have any issue with the leadership group talking to him. I had issues both ways, but yeah, go look, ahead. I, look, I ideally do it in the rooms, yeah. But like, they have the right to have a word mm. to him. I think that's fine. I thought he looked, he came across terribly the way he looked. He looked like he was saying, he was angry saying, get stuffed, I'm doing it right. Which, like, you are being told yeah, by three players. he looked a combination of that and confused. You're being told by a bunch of experienced leaders at a club who've played together for a long period mm. what to do. You shut up and you listen to them. We, we knew this would be an issue with Wingard. He struggled to fit in at Port Adelaide. When you're going across to Hawthorne, even with Alistair Clarkson, who's one of the biggest taskmasters you'll ever yeah. see, we knew that he'd, have str- he'd struggle to fit in there. And he's not playing well at all. And, like, how much better a Port Adelaide... Now they've got Rosie. Rosie is a far better player than Wingard. He is now at, at, at this point in time. At this point, yeah, he's he's played better this year. They would be feeling like we are better off with Rosie's Rosie season has not been better than Wingard's best season. No, but that, Wingard did it for a season. He did not do it for very long, and he has the talent to do his it. His first very long. season was very good. Like his first season, like the one Rosie's going through now, yeah, was okay. good in the same way Rosie's yes, good now. Yes. His second season was the one where he. Was lights out. Shouldn't have made all Australian. That should have gone to Lindsay Thomas, who kicked a lot more goals. But very, very good nonetheless. Um, And after that, he's been stably good to occasionally very good throughout patches of the season. (sighs) Like even saying, Scott, if you're willing to call Mason Cox good, Wingard has been good. (laughs) No, I'd like. I'm not that confident that he he fits into in the good category. I think he's been fine for quite a few years, and he's bad this year. You are so inconsistent. Yeah, my favorite thing is everyone goes. He he played that one good game against North, but other than that, he's been terrible. He wasn't good against North. He was terrible against North, except for the five minutes where Hawthorne got massively on top. And then he got a massive head for having done that in a couple of minutes. And then he's like, "What I love when he kicked his first goal." No one really congratulated him that much, and that's not a good sign. Yeah, Yeah, no fair. He's a dead set flog. There's no doubt about that. But anyway, do your one because it's so as he was brought up before, but. We talk a lot about Mason Cox on this pod and in privately. Number 51 himself. Yeah, Mr. Um, 51. And let's be honest, I think he's slightly overrated. You do too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, too. we're strong we're, agreement on that. And we're having an argument about how overrated he was. It was based <laughs> around what classifies as good. And you said above a pass mark, and I don't think he's above a pass mark. There's about 40 key forwards in the competition each week, right? Two each. Side? Approximately, yes. And I said there's at least 20 key forwards better than him. You had a go at me. <laughs> well, I, and that just, sounds and, like a big call. And challenged me to bring the big guns. <laughs> so in no particular order, I'm not <laughs> ranking these players I'm going to name. This is pretty much I've gone club by club and just picked the ones I think are better. Except some of them are out of order because I forgot some. So number one, Taylor Walker. Just better. Eric guys. Hipwood. Better. Josh Jenkins. Better. Harry Mackay, a better. lot better. Charlie Kerno, not better. No, no, <laughs> not better. Charlie Kerno, the way he's playing at the moment, absolutely not. Mason Cox is a much, much better player. Brody Majek, definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> 
Joe Danaher. Better. Jesse Hogan. Definitely better. Yeah, I thought that was a bit dicey, but better. Matt Tabner. Touch and go. Oh, come on. Touch and go. Tabner has been one of the best key forwards in the competition this year. Well, that's a big call. That's touch and go. Tom Hawkins. Better. Peter Rowe. Not better. Absolutely nah, better. Mason Cox he's is a better, better mark. Better he kicks nah. more goals. He's better kick. He's better below his knees. I'm not sure there's yeah, a he's facet. Got, he's got the traits, but he doesn't contribute to a game in the way Cox does. Well, so let's do Well, he does. He kicks more goals. So it's not just about goals. Cox for is very guy, important structurally. For someone who plays in a team like the Gold Coast and he kicks more goals than Mason Cox, I don't think that's an argument. Look, let's not get caught up on the Cox versus right argument. Jeremy Cameron. Better. <laughs> Jack Gunston. Better. Tom McDonald. Not better. Yeah, look, you're depressed and miserable. He's I get that. Better. He He's kicked 50 terrible. Goals. He kicked 50 goals last year. He's been awful this year. Mason Cox's record is 25 goals. And yeah, that sounds like it's more than a goal a game. But it's not because he played 25 Tom games because they made match. the grand final. I would final. prefer Cox in the team than Tom McDonald. Ben Brown, obviously better. Yeah, better. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Dixon. Injured doesn't count. Yes, he does. <laughs> Tom Lynch. Oh, no, he's better. Yeah, no, he's better. <laughs> Even though he's not playing All well, right, keep better. going. Jack Rewell. Better. Tim Membry. Just better. Buddy. Yes, better. Josh Kennedy. Yeah, better. Jack Darling. Better. So you've, you've barely raised the peep. And oh, I, I disagree on about four of them. And I listed 22. And you were all right, so he just sneaks in the top 20 then. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And when we get to the top five, <laughs> you realise that I had a lot further to go with this. Yeah, because... your honourable mentions are stupid. Let's just bury. Let's just not bury the lead. Let's let's just give a heads up to everybody. My top five is honourable mentions. I could argue are better, but didn't want to bother because I already had so many. Because they're, they're not clearly better. better. There's, he's about the 18th best key forward he in the league based on that, which not. means I win. No, he... I win. He's overrated, but he's. Uh... Your definition <laughs> of good is still wrong, and he's still <laughs> no. not in the top. I win. Half of I win. Anyway, let's talk about some football. <laughs> yeah, Collingwood defeated Port by 39 points on Friday night. Bloody impressive speak, performance. Speak of the devil, they didn't really miss him, did they? <laughs> no. Yeah, really important structurally, you say. <laughs> it, like, I think he is important structurally, but man, their forward structure is good. Like that's that's probably so. If I'm talking about Collingwood. There's a lot that they're good at. We talk about their midfield mm. depth. They're great through the midfield, no doubt about that. Defensively, they're not actually we're... smashing in contested ball or clearances. Like you kind of think yeah. they would when you look yeah, at it. They but... haven't, in terms of the actual way the team has played, mm. that hasn't stood ahead and shoulders above no, anyone. It's really, it's not. They're not winning like West Coast were winning in two thousand five, yep. six. Yeah, the, the back line is is improved a lot with Darcy Moore there and uh, Roughhead's doing a really good job down there. Improved a lot, but I don't think it's anything better than, say, Richmond at their best last year, mm. West Coast. I don't think that particularly stands out. The thing for me that stands out for Collingwood, now that they've got it up and going this year, is their ball movement. Yeah. I think their ball movement is special and it sets them apart and it's very different to any other the team. The way the medium forwards work together is just... It's clockwork. It's just so intricate. Like, there's been vision shown in quite a few football shows over the... Well, yesterday on Monday. Yeah, it was where, I, I talked about it last week, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, game, yeah you Ahead did. of the curb is always the plebs. Absolutely. Yes. I'm sure I would have recognised it if I'd watched that game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, but the way Stevenson and Dugowie in particular push and pull is just... It's, just, it's actually, like, beautiful to watch off the ball. Like, yeah. not many sides when you watch what they're doing off the ball makes you go wow, this is impressive and this is going to work. They do. Then you've got Hoskin Elliott filling in the gaps. Jamie Elliott hasn't played for a couple of weeks. Or did he play yeah, last Yeah, he, he played. He missed a week. And yeah, well, and yeah. that didn't hurt them. Mason Cox yeah. played and didn't hurt them. Ben Reid fitted in seamlessly, even though he couldn't kick straight to save himself. Like Everything seems to work. Maya check, very important to it. 
There's yeah. so much that just goes right for I think them. that's the impressive thing about it is it's, it's very flexible while still being structured. Mm. Like it never feels like they get lost. Some, to, some weeks, the person who's deep... I'd say more than often, Dugowie ends up being the deep one. But yeah. this week, it was Stevenson. They like, they like Sometimes putting... it's Cox. Sometimes it's Majacek. It's very rarely Cox as the deepest one. This, this year, probably less so. Yeah. Yeah, this year, they've started... They're really, they really like isolating mobile... Yeah, marking it's unbelievable how well they do it. And look, a lot of that comes from ball movement. It comes mm. through how quickly they move it through the midfield. Yeah. And I think they actually fell into a trap early in the year that they became a bit more of a chip mark team. And it worked against Richmond, and then it started to drift for a couple of weeks. Yeah, they and now over, they've got they it back together. They overcommitted to that start when they move the ball really well when they move it quickly yeah. and should move it quickly and I don't, it's more dangerous. But judging by how they're going, they're not going to be changing that. Like That, that first quarter was some of the... Most perfect, powerful football you've yeah, seen. Yeah, that was one of the best. Reflective of them against Richmond in the prelim. Yeah, it was one of the best quarters of football we'll see all year. And yeah. to be honest, it's been quite quite a few quarters from the top sides this year that have made me go, wow. And that was another example yeah. of it. it. It was hard, it was clean, and it was structured. It, yeah. it had everything you wanted. Yeah. Um, anything about Port? Just a down game from the kids, right? Oh, it was a down start, really. Yeah. They, just, they just had a first quarter where they rocked up against a very good team who played an unbelievable brand. I think they just got scared. They yeah, just, they got punched in the mouth. They, they? they just, you know, the jaw dropped yeah. and they just didn't know what to do. And then they got to quarter time. They talked about it a bit. And from then on, it was, I think they might have outscored Collingwood for the rest of the game, I think. I think yeah, it, was it was about 40 even. points at quarter time. But from that point on, it just looked like a pretty... Just quite a good game between two pretty good teams, really. Yeah, and Ebert went down, and he's pretty important to the way they structure up. So it's not, it's not alarm bells or anything for Port. They just didn't, they didn't start well, and it killed them. And Collingwood yeah. are ruthless. Let's move on to your game. Melbourne defeated yeah. Hawthorne by five points. Uh, were you jumping for joy after this? Uh, momentarily. <laughs> no, I wasn't jumping for joy. It was definitely a sense of relief. Yeah. It was, look, it was an ugly game of footy. It was not great football. Clarko was incredibly salty after the game, but he was not incorrect. It yeah. was not a good game, uh, and neither team... This was classic Clarko. Yeah. He's the only one who can get away with it. Neither team will come away from that game thinking that they're much chop at all. No. Including us, but... And- it was still a good game in the sense that it was the, there was a lot of momentum swings. It was it was hard and it was tough and it was close. We looked like we'd blown it in the last quarter. It looked like they were going to run away with it. And the fact that we responded was awesome. I kind yeah. of didn't expect it. There were lots of little signs here and there of things which are changing. I, I'm starting to think now that I've been so frustrated with Goodwin for not making a change over the first few weeks. But I, I suspect it's just been a thing of it worked last year. Give it a chance to work. And it hasn't. And he is doing things differently now. We've now got to play a kick behind the ball all the yeah. time to cover up our defensive stuff. We've really contained the game now. We've you, got you a have lot made of numbers some. The ball. That's true, and you have made some positional changes as well. Like moving Hunt forward, I think, is working a bit too well. Yeah, yeah no, it's from that, a perspective, you should have someone better than him. But no, that is working well. And this yeah. week, uh, Garlett sort of found a. Li- like he, he, he was yeah, just he wasn't off. finishing well though. Yeah, but he, that'll come though. He was still important though. His yeah. pace was important, and at ground level, we were starting to win it, and we'd starting to sort of uh, looking dangerous once the ball went inside fifty for basically the first time this year. So there, there were a lot of good things that went on. Obviously, Harms was incredible. Yeah, um, that was a really touching moment he had with his uh, number one fan as well after the game. He said yeah, that. yeah, he's got a lot of that star. I think he's a really good, good fella. Yeah, um, I'll give him that. Seems that. Yeah, um, and then his cull in the last quarter was was very very nice. Yeah. That that really got not me up quite as elite as Dumont uh, for Hawthorne though. 
they're just not that good, right? No, nah, they're we're, not. We're pretty comfortable we, with we the way we grade them. Year. And we can't even... So there was a period of time where we're like, they have a shallow midfield plus all of their very few midfielders are out. And that's not the case anymore. They have Shields back. Yeah. Burgoyne's playing. Amira's playing well. I mean, it's pretty much just Tom Mitchell out now. Yeah. But they just... They do not have a good midfield. Isaac Smith's well down on his best, which I think a lot of that stems from the fact yeah. no one's getting it on I'm the not, inside. I, I wouldn't say... Yeah, I don't, I don't think going forward he's dropped off. If he goes to a team or... Hawthorne build their midfield yeah. back up. He'll be good again. Yeah, fair. I think it's just he's a consequence And, and he player. was great in the first quarter when yeah. they were playing well. It was, uh, and then, yeah, once the team started struggling, he started struggling, which is what, what he's like. Um, yeah, they're not a very good team. And it was nice to get a win. But that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. Although <laughs> Sam Frost, mate. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's give him a real pat on the back. Oh, mate, he's, he's, a, he's a punching bag. Yeah, so look, my thoughts on Sam Frost. He has good games. He does good things. He does really good things. Mm. But uh, overall, the course of a game... He does too many dumb things. I think his lack of intelligence hinders the entire team to too strong a level that I don't think he should be an AFL footballer. Well, leave it back in the AFL, maybe. His desperation in those last couple of minutes, like he he was the hero. He won us the game. He had that little spin manoeuvre to pass it to Lockhart to run the clock down. Then the time he threw it to Lewis... Yeah, but it was that was great though. Yeah. That desperation as, as Gary Lyon said, it was a great throw. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was, and he got away with it. And uh, his desperation was very, very important, which it is at times with old Frosty. So we need to give him a pat on the back. Yeah, Frosty's one of my favourite players in the league. I love old Frosty. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. GWS defeated St Kilda by forty-four points. Pretty dominant performance for GWS. Yeah, this was leaning towards the gold jacket, green jacket. Yeah, territory. St Kilda are just a bit off it. Yeah, they? I, they're not a top side, and when they play a top side, it kind of shows. Yeah, they're not. They're not great. They're not great. They're better than they were last year. Yeah, they're they're, they're not a particularly good team. Although they are very injured. Yeah, well, the, when you think about it, the amount of guys they've got out: Carlisle, Stephen, Geary, and there's a heap more. They dropped like, Nathan Brown this week. Which was that was odd. weird, and, and they, that was wrong. And it, that was a bad. Decision. It exposed them. They looked bad in the back half. Yeah, I get the thinking that Brown's not that mobile and he's better against strong key forwards and GWS don't have a single guy who's a bit of a yeah. gorilla key forward, but he's just pretty good. Like, he's really solid. Yeah. He offers you nothing creatively, but he's just so good at his actual job. Well, why are you messing around with that to go bring in a guy who was an off-cut from Collingwood and hasn't shown any signs of being good? And when, and when a, a player's as hot as Jeremy Cameron is at the moment, you need a bit of leadership. You need a bit of common yeah. sense in the way that you play him. You need, you need a bit of brains, which I just, for a young player, would would be quite scared of the task. Just, yeah. just doesn't work. It was really impressive for GWS to do this without Whitfield and Kelly. Yeah, I hear um, they're going to be in another week. Oh, both of them. Mm. Oh, that's the last And Cornelio was yeah. hampered as well. Like, yeah. They had a... He has been, yeah. They were pretty severely undermanned themselves and yeah St Kilda were more undermanned but it's just a good sign for them they've gotten real midfield depth with Hopper and Taranto pretty much being able to fill an A grade void I feel like they're more than depth now like I, I oh, think no, they're I just 100% they're agree, consistently but when you're down to an important fifth, part of the midfield group fourth and fifth midfielder that kind of count like that's in the range of being yeah, depth in, anyway. in a way yeah they're, way. they're they're like Collingwood's depth they're still depth but they're just awesome players yeah I love Hopper so much he's just great to watch. He is good. I I don't know. I've, in previous years, I've had issues with their depth in terms of they bring in a lot of very unknown random players. Yeah, but they've kind of sort of finally had the option to grow into it, haven't they? But perhaps. It's about as simple as they 
now they have opportunity. Some of these players were actually starting to notice them. Yeah, and like Hopper and Taranto are just getting to the age where you're going to be a prime footballer. As yeah, well, well I and think they're, they're, they were they were always going to yeah. be good. Well, yeah, they were Don't, number two yeah. and number seven draft picks. Yeah, and but, I think um, maybe give GW just a bit of credit when they started cutting their list. They were like, "We've got Hopper and Taranto there. Yeah, we, we don't need." Clever. And to be honest, Scully. yeah, and Scully hasn't looked great. No, no, they were right on. Shield uh, is the same player he was at. He hasn't gone up a level like Trelaw did when he left or anything like that. He's still that. a very, very He's good a very player. good player, but he's not... Like, is he better than Hopper and Taranto? Marginally, maybe. He'd be worth so much more. Like, he'd, they'd have to pay him so much more. Yeah, he is, be- he is better than them. Yeah, but, but it's yeah, not... yeah, you're right. In terms of cost, benefit, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair enough. But God, Cameron's good. They, they, they've done very, very well. <laughs> and yeah. Anyway, yes, let's Cameron move on to our fine. top five. Um, I've had my fun with my... Cane corns. We'll start. Let's start. You start with yours. <laughs> we're uh, yeah, we're getting a bit wacky with our top fives. We're going in different directions this yeah. time. We're doing different top fives because you were so determined to do your stupid Mason Cox thing. Don't act like you didn't encourage. That I'm to do decided it. to go with the top five things Rory got wrong about the Western Bulldogs, which there are I, five. Can I of just them. offer a disclaimer? I'm not wrong on any of these. You are definitely wrong on all of these. <laughs> Blatantly wrong. At five, we've got the Western Bulldogs. We'll get the spoon. I, I didn't say would. You did I say they'd get the spoon, mate. Could. No, but... They are two games away from the spoon. We've gone over this, Banjo. The tone of the way did you, you said know? it suggested that you thought they would win the spoon. Yeah, so and what then you, you tried to doing, backtrack on doing, it you're listening, you on, to, you're listening to the words I said and then going, no, they, they're not actually what he meant. What he really meant are things that he I, didn't say. I could tell by the way you said it. And then once we get on recording, it's no, they could, which every team could get the spoon. What a terrible call. You were clearly trying to make... What's the point in saying it so if you're saying could? This, you were clearly trying to say you expected them to <laughs> and they will not because they were very, very good and they smashed Richmond. I Can I, can I continue though? <laughs> So I made that point as sort of a sneaky outside chance. That was my comment. They were a sneaky outside chance. And you know what? They still are. Nah, they're not. If, nah, if, they're not. They're far Carl- off. No, let me finish. If Carlton and Sydney get their shit together, every chance the dogs can win the spin. They've beaten Richmond four out of five times. They just have the wood over Richmond under Beveridge's coaching. Just because they beat a severely understrength Richmond who had... They are probably one of the worst lists on the park last week. <laughs> like I, if you, we'll go through who they had out <laughs> later, but they were a bad side on paper. And Damien Hardwick and their culture can only do so much. Did you watch the game? Yes. They were really good. They yeah. were really clean and really quick and really frenetic. I, I, I loved it. I thought they played some very, very That's good fine, football. That's fine. There's no it certainly pressure, wasn't wooden no... spoon football. Yeah, but it's easy to play non-wooden spoon football when you're playing a VFL side. Anyway, the next thing that you got wrong, at four, Luke Beveridge should be sacked. I stand Premiership coach, making some genius moves, which we will get to with the rest of your incorrect <laughs> calls. He's experimenting, starting to pay off. I think he has a pretty poor list. So and one I think game he's got is them a payoff, playing the right. No, it's not one game. They've now won three games. They're yeah. a lot better who, than Who North else Melbourne. did they beat? Yeah, we've gone over Who this. did they lose to? Carlton. Yes, they Last did week, lose to Carlton. Two weeks ago. Yes, they, they did Carlton. lose to Carlton. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that was not a good so, performance. So do you think one performance makes a year, just as you just said, mate? The uh, dogs are not looking that... The, the dogs losses, are looking like a dangerous side. The losses are more indicative of their performance going forward than their wins. Well, that's just you being a grumpy banjo. What so a stupid come, thing they're, to they're say. They're absolutely <laughs> fluking a come-from-behind victory against Hawthorne. That's going to repeat itself, is it? That shows them beating great Sydney, culture who, and great belief, them, which is instilled them, from the top. Them being, beating Sydney, who is 
the team that's probably going to win the wooden spoon if it's not Carlton. Premiership coach. And no. then beating Richmond, who Premiership just didn't have their six <laughs> best players. Look, let's get right into the meat of it. Three, Caleb Daniel is a liability in the back in the back line. You have to eat your words on that one. He is playing brilliant football at the moment. He is getting plenty of the ball. He is using it outstandingly well. He has made the Bulldogs' ball movement significantly better than it has been in previous years. You have to agree with that. He is definitely a success in the back half. There is not a single person who would say otherwise, apart from you. He is not a success. That's a question. He's definitely oh. a liability, though. <laughs> Defensively, he can be a liability in one area. Can, of can it. I? Can I? Can I say? I didn't say that point as Caleb Daniel is not a good footballer or anything like that. I know that. I said it as the way they coach and the way they structure up, which occasionally isolates. Uh, Daniel as the deep defender against a key forward, and he's a liability in that situation. Is he a liability in, in that, that situation? situation? Yes. And it happens was, too much by choice. You were saying that moving him to the back line was a bad decision. Putting it as a deep that's back wrong. pocket, that's a bad decision. If he's a slightly higher defender, better. The role he is playing at the moment has been a success. It, it depends. It, it, it honestly, it depends game to game. He's he's a function of whether or not they're on top. <sighs> I just don't think that's true. I think he's been great. Mate, you see through he's Lockie Hunter's stats. Kicker. There's a little bit of an element of that with Daniel. Yeah, he's a brilliant kick of the footy. It's not the kick. It's the what he does with the ball. He's there's so much sideways movement. Oh, nah, there's a lot of Jake nah, Lloyd. All these players nah. that he if, can if, kick if, off a short kick in a zone and get the team moving if, on. If he this, does that often. If this wasn't his first year in defence, you'd be a lot more a lot more wary of what he, his role was. Mate, I just you are you are you are, you are, going, to, you are going to grow into realizing <laughs> that Caleb Daniel is a better player for fantasy than he is for football. No, like I, I think he's a significant positive in the way that he used the ball in the back half. I believe that. He, he, he picks off a kick in his zone and gets the team moving. I think if there's any pressure on their right. football side, which there wasn't this week, I think... All right. Okay, whatever. All right, <laughs> deep breath. On. Number two. Now, if you don't eat your words on this one, I will punch you in the face. You said Aaron Norton will not be a good forward and he shouldn't be playing forward. I never said he wouldn't be a good forward. Can you can you actually quote me? Uh, no, I can't can, quote. Can right? you, I haven't I, gone back and listened. No, no, to no. no. Can you just okay, get the okay, spirit fine. of what I'm saying? You saying it was a mistake to put him. It forward. should be. It is a mistake. That is ridiculous. He looks like one of the best young key forwards we've seen in he a long was, time. He looked like one of the best young key defenders they have in a long time. They also have two top two drafts. He's too good to play in the back line. No, That's he's the issue. Not. If you can he's do what he does one on the weekend, game. you cannot play back. He had one good game. No, you know wrong. he's also kicked seven goals once? Michael Hurley. He Where does he belong? He hasn't had one good game. He's been good all year He for has it. not been good. At most, he's had two, depending on how you feel about his oh. first game. Look, I don't have his goals or his marks in front of me, but I know his contested marks aren't far off McKay's. Yeah, when you have nine in a game, that's going to boost They you. were before he, that. He, he was second before that. He did not. He did not come close to playing that well you before. Are just and so he did not have anybody one. to play on. 
yeah, that that's fine. But there there aren't many key forwards who would have dominated a game like he did. He was unbelievable. That is fair. I just don't think it's he, replicable. I think he's better off in the back line. It's better for their list if they play him in the back line and actually develop the good I can't believe you're not backtracking got. on this. You were so wrong, and I can't wait for you to eventually backtrack on it when he does it <laughs> consistently because he's very good as a forward. Now, number one, better eat your words on this one. I, I will kill you. Billy Gowers, you said Billy Gowers is in danger of being dropped. I'll kill you. If you say that that was the right call, don't. I'm, I'm not going to say a word. Oh. And we're going we're to get to Billy Gowers' watch oh. and, we'll, and we'll, we'll look at how it goes. We'll, we'll have a look at the. You're uh, hurting me, we'll man. Have a look at the stats. You're hurting me. Can we do your stupid top five now? So, my top five. So, as I proved earlier, there are clearly 22 players better than Mason Cox. That's key forwards. There's also no, about, there's 18. There's also another 10 that are arguable. And so my <laughs> honourable mention is a top five of the 10 arguable. Uh, that didn't make sense. But I've got 10 names that are arguable. Only, I'm looking at it. Only one of these is arguable. They, I'll let you know. They are split up into categories. So we've got at five, we've got the Ruckman, who are kind of key forwards. They are not key forwards and they're Paddy not Paddy Ryder better. is playing a lot of key forward this year and he's ranked fourth overall as a key forward by Champion Data. <laughs> And if you're going to talk about... Uh, it's AFL player ratings, actually. So if you're going to talk about the sanctity of that, it's, it's got to be consistent. Only when it suits me. <laughs> and Sean McKernan, who just trolls North Melbourne there and plays There is no really well. way either of them are better than Mason Cox. Continue. Next up, we got the young-ish, in one case, uh, key forwards that haven't quite hit form, but are probably better overall. <laughs> and who, who I'd want if I was starting my team. It's a loose category for these yeah, two. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Josh Bruce. Who, if you had a choice, lined up on the wall, who would you take? Oh, like, is Josh Bruce definitely going to be fit? Like, I, I think yeah, if Josh... assuming fitness. Assuming fitness, I'd probably take Josh Bruce. But yeah, okay. I wouldn't say he's a better forward so, than Cox because he hasn't been able to string it together. He's had a 50-goal season, which Cox hasn't had. That's correct. And then Josh Shackey, who I do actually think will build into something. Right now, he is far below Mason Cox. Yeah. Oh, come on. Continue. Next up, we got the uh, GWS Wiz Kids that I didn't put in because you were being bitchy about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy Finlayson and Harry Himmelberg, both of who I take at this very second ahead of Mason Cox. They're very good footballers. They're very mobile and they're very flexible. I'd say Himmelberg's close, but not quite there. Finlayson's not there. Have you watched much Finlayson? He's been excellent. He's been better than Himmelberg. I've watched a little bit of Finlayson. Next up, we got guys that probably aren't key forwards. We kind of play key forward roles. They're not key forwards and they don't count. So, Continue. Justin Westhoff. Not a key forward. Has kicked as many... Well, he's 190. He's a winger. He's 190 odd centimeters. He's a winger. And he's kicked... He's a tall winger. He, he kicks as many goals a year as Mason Cox. <laughs> he's a tall winger who kicks goals. Say. Tom Lynch. A link player, not a key forward. Uh... Mm, we're talking about Debatable. the Adelaide, Tom Lynch. Yeah, Drew. Josh Caddy. Mm, like, um, no, he's just not better. Oh, are you serious? He's not better than Mason Cox. Well, he was in all, nearly an All-Australian last year. He's not better than Mason Cox. This is worse than any of my fake <laughs> bullshit. All right, there's one, there's one you have who is better than Mason Cox, and say it. Say it now. He's a man who is definitely a better key forward than Mason Cox. 
Aaron Nord. Yes, it is. <laughs> Agreed. Let's move on. I'm happy with that. So we've decided Mason Cox is the 19th best forward on the basis of all of that. We absolutely have not. He's 31st at best. I've decided that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Dogs defeated Richmond by 47 points. It was a good performance. I will not. I will give them some credit. <laughs> Are we gonna? Is there any point in talking about? Well, this we got now? Billy Gowers. We, we should yeah, we'll do talk. that, of course. Yeah, and Richmond do have an injury crisis, and they're in a bit of trouble. So we should probably talk about that a bit. They are definitely in an injury crisis. <laughs> no they lost Rioli and Vlosten during the game as well. Yes. I'm not sure either of those will get up. They have no key defenders. Dustin Martin is... is that, what's wrong with Aspen? Will he be an back? Ankle. I think he'll be back. I think back. he's going to be back, yeah. But uh, Dusty's a shade of his former self, like a very pale shade. He's been yeah, almost bad. Not bad, but... No, nah, he hasn't bad, but, but yeah. Oh, well, like so far below him, it's not funny. Yeah. yeah, their forward line is missing Rewald and it's not working as well. Like, Outside of Sydney Stack and maybe Liam Baker, I guess Jack Ross, what good news stories do they have? Yeah, and I think the Tom Lynch issue is very, very genuine. And that, mm. like, I think I, so obviously they wanted the two of them to play together, and we need to be able to judge that move once they mm. are doing that. But I mean, their forward line has worked really well with one key forward for a long time, and they have another one in that role now, and they are looking a lot worse forward of centre, like a lot worse. Yeah, he, Lynch just isn't as good as all the secondary things Jack Rewald's Rewald's just he was perfect for that role I don't think there are many key forwards who could be the only key forward playing with with that sort of forward play, line he, and make he it he somehow work. plays both high and as a deep forward he, he's just he's such a conduit he brings yeah. other players into the game he never loses a marking contest yeah his ability to get high and then wheel around and keep the ball flowing it just is so important to Richmond with the way they just are manically pressing the ball we're realising how special he is as a key forward right now yeah because Lynch is like Regardless of how he's playing at the moment, he is a very good yeah, key forward. But we're going to look back below on it and ball. we're going to go, he's the second best key forward of this generation, probably pretty comfortably. It's Buddy and then who else? Yeah. Like it's, hard, it's hard to argue with. Yeah, He's won two or three Coleman's now. I mean, Kennedy kicked more goals, but yeah, I'd probably say Rewald's a better player than Kennedy. Yeah. It, 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 it's not a long list of players ahead of him that are his peers. And like he's not, he's probably not in the Rewalt cousin Jonathan Brown that era, Pavlich. Like he's not quite there, but he's been unbelievably good. Yeah, he's just he's just been in Buddy's shadow yeah. a bit. And yeah, the other good news story to come out of it is the 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 kids that they found being Ross and Sydney Stack. They, they Sydney actually, Stack, Sydney Stack is very good. It doesn't make sense how he wasn't drafted. Like, yeah, he is so good. He he has talent that is sort of special stand out that makes you get drafted very highly talent yeah like his true. hands he's they're so sticky his ability to gather the ball off the ground without sort of losing his composure or losing his balance is just his and reaction to a bad bounce is just outstanding he just keeps moving smoothly because he can gather it from anywhere yeah, and he's not he's not just having moments as well like he's no, doing he's consistently it quite consistently good. across lots of games throughout the entire four quarters so yeah look, look looking awesome but anyway should we move on we have another little debate to have i think uh it's time now for another uh billy gowers watch billy 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 gowers billy 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 gowers did you forget what the segment was called there <laughs> 
Uh, Billy Gow was watched. No, I was just trying to think of a nice way to rev it up and then didn't think of anything. Because, you know, it's it's becoming frighteningly consistent, this segment. Five kicks, one handball, four marks. Are you, are you saying four marks, a bad word against the great Billy Gow? Four marks, zero tackles, which he needs to work on a bit. And uh, two goals. One is what he kicked. He kicked two goals. Now, I hear off Twitter he had five goal assists as well. He brought that. Norton into the game. It was because of him that Norton was so good. So he had six disposals. <laughs> Supposedly kicked two goals under behind, which accounts for three of them, and then supposedly also had five goal assists. Mate, he can do that. That sort of doesn't stuff. quite work. No, but he, he's God. He finds a way. That's true. He can transcend statistics. That's true. As our uh, absent producer said, maybe a tap on counted. Yes, I don't know how the stats work, but I'm going to say that is the case. But look, look, I did see him fall over a few times. He he, he lost a few contests. He probably should have halved, but. He was very important in terms of structure, and I think that he was because he held holds down that position that allows mm. Norton to roam a bit more free, and that's what sort of that's got him going thing. a little Norton's bit. Norton's a second key forward; doesn't really take the best. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, Billy, he's uh, no, he, yeah, he, we're he, looking forward to him he's getting going back on. To him, he's taking a bit of a sabbatical, yeah, sort of it, playing at half pace. He'll get back. He'll, he'll be all right. Back. He'll get a haircut. He'll, he'll be fine. If not, <laughs> if, if not, we'll have to find it. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> don't. Don't. Anyway, let's move on to the game of the round. North right. Melbourne defeated Carlton by 58 points. This was a smashing. This was, to be plain and simple, pretty embarrassing from Carlton. Yeah, it certainly wasn't the game of the round. It was quite depressing in many ways, <laughs> just how bad Carlton were. It's, it's staggering how clearly this is their worst performance. Oh, like, oh it's by, like That's kind of the thing about it. Is Regardless of what you say about Carlton this year, they brought the effort every And week. they'd been a lot... Better. They'd been competitive. Yeah, like even week. Richmond had been one of their worst performances. They no. were in it right away. Yeah, they were in it up till three quarter time in that game. Yeah. Um, this was yeah. It probably is just a game they didn't really turn. Out. I think that the, they had a lot of outs. Yeah, and to and be I honest, f- the outs did show a lot. So Cruiser just changes the nature of their I like can we just labor on that for a second like I think Cruiser is so frighteningly important for that team in terms of he might be the most underrated player in the competition and yeah in terms of importance I think he's right up there he's in the probably most pound for pound when healthy top three four ruckman He's a different type of ruckman, is the thing. He's not a great tap ruckman, and he doesn't get he's a lot of disposals, really. Oh, he... But it's what he does. So he'll 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 do okay in a in a ruck contest, and he'll get to ground level. But the thing, he, and then he'll apply a tackle. He's a bit set like he won't lose. Yeah, he won't lose. That's correct. But it'll get to ground level. What he'll do? He'll lay a tackle. He'll block space for his young midfielders, and he can and be he'll... such a powerful runner out of stoppages. His goal against Hawthorne, yeah, was not a lot just, of ruckman, and that. he, he yeah. can do that consistently but it's the second and third efforts that make him special and with those young frail midfielders around him they stand up so much taller when cruiser is in when you have crips and cruiser that's a big strong midfield yeah pretty much already when it's just crips the fact that the next guy is mark murphy and sam fisher who are both very small and very frail yes no why'd i call him sam (laughs) some killed old some killer player Saint, yeah, Saint Gilda <laughs> Yeah, and then I guess Sam Walsh. They're all yeah, and Walsh, skinny yeah. and outside, and yeah. they don't have Chesky Seaton, who's actually yeah. he's like not too bad on his side, but there is like 
I don't know. I find this is almost a bit of a trope when we talk about indigenous players because they can be so skillful and so quick and so explosive out of it. We kind yeah. of neglect to acknowledge how good they are in the contest. Yeah, but well, he's so, quite good. But, but is, my he, point yeah, still stands. He's he's got he a big do, he does that outside stuff. Yeah. But he, like, he's actually he's quite, he lays a lot of tackles and he's quite yeah, good. Yeah, but he's that. not a big body that really bolsters no. that midfield no. or anything. It's really just Crips because Petrev... Jeez. Setterfield. <laughs> I don't know why I said Petrovsky's eaten again. Setterfield, yes. Setterfield and Kennedy haven't really come on. Well, they definitely haven't, considering they're not in the team. <laughs> yeah, and Setterfield was available this week. Yeah, this, he played VFL this over. week, yeah. They need to... They, they need an inside midfielder to help Cripps. They, yeah. they, they just... It, it's <laughs> very similar to Cruiser what... Cruiser sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very... And, but you can't rely on Cruiser because he's so injured. Yeah, of prime. course you can't, yeah. It's very similar to what North were going through early in the year when it was Cunnington, who, like Cripps, very good player, unbelievably good contested player, just had no support. Yeah. And when it's a singular midfield, it just doesn't tend to work because while you can try and strategize all you want about just directing it towards the one player and backing him in to do it, it doesn't work and it cripples your variety out of the midfield. Carlton actually didn't get smashed in the clearances this week. Yeah. It, it like felt you guys like that. a terrible clearance team. Yeah, but I think we lost it by one in the end. But yeah. it was the second contest because Cripps, every time he got the ball, was pressured. And he didn't get the ball early. But every time they got the ball early, they were pressured and the ball would spill free. And we were dominant in the second contest. And after that, winning a second contest, I saw this point somewhere, I can't remember. Winning a second contest is a lot easier to break away clear from than winning a clearance because the, the, con- the stoppage sort of expands a little bit and everyone's got a little bit more room. Yeah, and yeah, makes sense. They, Carlton just got killed on that second part of the contest. and Yeah, there were no second efforts. Like, No, it, the, the, the second efforts they had were sort of feeble. Yeah, like Because yeah. Cripps would have done the first thing. He'd be at the first contest. He'd have halved it or have won it or, or at least made it difficult. They'd be in it. But the next person would be Zach Fisher. It'd be Mark Murphy. It'd be Sam Walsh. And they just... Couldn't go with the next person for North because we put Zebel in the midfield, which I think is probably the right thing to do. Yeah, I think we it is. we tagged, sort of tagged, went head to head against Crips, uh, Crips, and I think that was a good role for Zebel going forward because he's he's one of those guys that can do the head to head thing. But yeah, they just got beaten and belted and it killed them. Yeah, fair enough. That's enough to talk about that game. Uh, it absolutely is on, not. We've it... got to talk about North. We just got to talk. Because the game is about... No one talks about North. They're irrelevant. People have only talked about Carlton. I've got more Carlton points if you want, but I would like to talk about I thought Jack Silvani looked all right in the second half. He was (laughs) laying a lot of good tackles. He did lay lay seven tackles. He's tough. He's toughening up a bit. I think he's looking a bit better. He's growing a bit too. He's improving. That's true. But you know who was really good if we're going to talk about medium-sized forwards at an impact? Cam Zerha. Five goals, 16 touches. He was quite Excellent. good, yeah. It was well. actually really good to see. Almost as good as Silvani. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really good to see uh, Taylor Garner back. I've missed that guy. He's a really talented footballer. Yeah. If he can put it together, he's very, very unlikely given his body. But yeah, he's been one when of those he's, frustrating ones. When yeah. he's in it, Mason, like, it was nice to see North look like that at Ford line because we were so dominant in the midfield. It was just this weird. Oh, that's what it's like when your half forwards will get the ball. Like Mason Wood had twenty four touches, Jai Simkin had twenty seven and two goals. Like it was just made so easy by how dominant we are in the midfield, and you can that did show what you're trying to achieve. We're just clearly not good enough in the 
well, we haven't been good enough in the midfield to make it work at all. Yeah, that's the thing with Ben Brown is he is very like he's very one dimensional in that like yeah. when the when you get the right ball moving to him and you get it out in front of him and you allow him to launch at it and stick his arms out in front, you are not going to stop him. He will mark no. it every single time. But if the kick's a little bit off. If he's bumped slightly off his line, he's quite clumsy. Yeah, he'll he's, fall he's over. Very, he won't hold them up. He's got a very high center of gravity, so you can sort of get under him and wedge him yeah, in a little I, bit. Yeah, and I just I don't think it takes too much either from a putting pressure on in the midfield uh, point of view for the kick to be slightly off to get him not working, or to have a good smart defender who kind of blocks him off his line. Yeah. It doesn't take too much to derail. I, him. I think, but once he's going, unstoppable. Yeah, I think there's a responsibility on North to sort of mitigate those a little bit, which we just haven't done well at all. Yeah, yeah, we haven't exactly. done and you did that well last year. Yeah, we, you, we you haven't, used him very exactly, well last yeah, year. Yeah, we haven't blocked off the ball well for him at all to give him a bit of separation and we keep kicking it too deep to him. Yeah. He has to be coming at the ball. He can't yeah. have He has this, to launch at it. Because yeah. he, he will commit to going at the ball instinctively and it gets him separation, which he probably isn't athletic enough to get otherwise, and he goes. But then if he has to stop and sort of lean back into it, it's... That's a tough thing for anybody to do, especially for Brown, who's that's his weakness. Because he's look, he's a bit of a spud. He is a bit of a spud. He's good at what he does, but he's a bit of a spud. He's a bit gangly. He's yeah. always been a bit. Yeah, he's great though, Tarrant Thomas. But I don't care on. about Tarrant Thomas. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, move, move on. on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just saying an aside. Tarrant Thomas is going to be a jet, maybe the best in the draft classes. <sighs> that's a hot take. Anyway, Geelong defeated Essendon by thirty-two points. Uh, Geelong are really good. Yeah, weren't. <laughs> I think are we we're gonna we're gonna have a little a yeah we're gonna have a hit to argument head. on this one I think, uh, which is again all about degrees. <laughs> yes, this is one of our weird arguments where we're both strongly in agreement that Geelong are looking very good. Yeah. <laughs> I believe they're a little bit off where you believe they are. I think they are obviously in the top bracket, but yeah. I would put them a fair bit below Collingwood. Reason being. I think they're looking a little too good at the moment. That's my take. This is farcical. It is. They are looking a little bit too clean, a little bit too pure. In, so, look, in terms of their defense, I believe that. They've done that for well, a long that's time. that's five years. They are a very good defensive team. Their contested ball stuff has been a big step up, and I probably think that's probably sustainable. Yeah. It's the way that they're moving the ball forward at the moment is just so, so perfect. They're not fumbling ever. They just they have a good system. But they have a lot yes. of talent. I don't know if the talent is but as so who are the guys that belongs in the way they're playing at the moment. But I just I so feel like super talent always going to obviously be yes I'm bank on him 100. percent Yeah, believe it or not, Grian probably very talented. He's good. Kind, yeah. kind of like uh, he's at this point, really I'm just going yeah, you're good. He's actually really good. Atkins, he's playing sort of he's midfield very good, though. But he's, he's not that. Yeah, he yeah. did this week. He played more midfield. Uh, he's not. Week. He's not so much playing that connecting role that I think you're focusing on as something that might break down. Tim Kelly pushes forward into that role a little bit really well. And and sort of the deep guys they've had, Tom Hawkins is a very good footballer. He's been a little bit marginalised to make Gary Rowan work, but Gary Rowan has worked and he is clean. He can make things happen. And I think that kind of stuff is sustainable because they've got guys that will do it. I, I guess where I'm coming from is I think they're playing their best at the moment. I think they are playing yeah, their that peak might football. Not last. I'll give you that. It's not the right time to be playing your peak football. And I, I, I want to see what happens. And look, I can be convinced. I'm getting more convinced by the week. Yeah. But when the wheels start coming off, when they're not quite playing, if they're not quite clicking, I want to see if they can, can we force reflect a result. On... Which Collingwood can. If but... Collingwood aren't at their best, they'll find a way to win it. 
Let's go back to round one. Collingwood played Geelong. I neither told you si- round one was a right Neither <laughs> You did. You're wrong. Neither side played at their best, right? Correct, yes. Who won? Yeah, fair enough. Who forced the result? I, I think that was a one-off thing. When you combine the fact that they've got that Col- <laughs> and they've got the top end as well, they've got a low, they've got a high ceiling and a high floor. Collingwood played in a grand final. They had less of a preseason. They came into round one looking very, very underdone, and they were very, very sloppy. Collingwood are a very different team now to what they were in round one. I, I would, but so I would are Geelong. Geelong have played much better since then. You comfortably? Yeah, I mean, if they played next week, I would tip. I think I Geelong sure are probably the only team that actually matches up well with Collingwood's forward line. Explain. They're bigger <laughs> than Collingwood. Is that a good Across thing? Across the board. No, mobile? but they're super mobile. They've maintained it. College Asney, tall, mobile. Henry, tall, mobile. Mark O'Connor, somehow, good. Like, Blixarves can do yeah, well, anything. He's very mobile. I'll give you like, that. They, they've managed to find a very evenly heighted backline, with the exception of Tui, who isn't playing at the moment because yep. he's hurt. They're tall across the board. They're consistently good at intercept marking, pretty much down to a man. I don't have issues with their back line. I said I don't have issues. He wants me to explain how they're well positioned to match up with Collingwood. I'm going through it. I would would just back Collingwood to win the game against them. Who's midfield's better? Collingwood's over Geelong. Absolutely. No, no hesitation. Collingwood are definitely a better Geelong have two of the best three players in the midfield. But like, who's better than Tim Selwood's Kelly not, outside of Trelaw? Pendlebury, the way he's playing. Oh, that's touch and go. Look, which, I, which I guess is a point. I, I, look, I think we're getting a little bit too picky with it. My my point is, I, I feel like Geelong are playing perfect footy at the wrong time. I think that, that's, that's what it comes that's down fair. to. Fair. I just don't necessarily. Well, I don't think Collingwood are. I think well, they still. But have if you look at to. who, you look at who Geelong's played. Geelong will finish top I of the ladder. I know, I can't deny any of that. So Geelong will finish top of the ladder if you look at their draw. It's just a cakewalk. Yeah, okay. Collingwood will finish second, so it won't really make much difference. It's true, but it's <laughs> just... It's going to be just an easy run for Geelong to the finals. Unless they get hit by injuries, they are going to be right there. And I'm not saying they're runaway favourites, like you are saying Collingwood are runaway favourites, but yeah. they're every biggest sniff as anybody. I throw GWS pretty evenly in there too, to be honest, with the way they're playing. Um, yeah, okay. Well, they're they're meant to be the three, but like I'm just I, I just want to wait and see on Geelong. It just yeah. seems everything everything's working. It just seems a little bit too perfect down at Catland, in my eyes. That's fair, but that's just because you like don't allow yourself to enjoy nice things. But anyway, let's... coming from you, mate, I definitely enjoy oh, nice well, things. Oh, right. Let's not that's, get into that, this. That's, you, what, we won one game by oh. ten goals, and all you've accused me of is being way too happy yeah just about your team you're a grump about everything else but anyway let's do the mailbag anyway yeah poochie's mailbag we don't have a producer here to ask us the question so uh do you want to take it away no i'm taking it away who's more frustrating for you to support (laughs) scott melbourne or frio yeah it's a good question look melbourne it has to be melbourne there is no team more frustrating than melbourne but the funny thing about it is Fremantle have become my team who I turn to when I'm getting frustrated about Melbourne. To and you try turn to, to them when up. they were good. You're bandwagon. Yes, but like I, I think Fremantle, even when they were good, I think they're probably the second most frustrating team to watch in the in the comp. Like they just the way that they can be in a game and just 
just blow it at the last second. Yeah, sort of those that final against all. Geelong where they lost. It, it, oh, yeah. I mean, Sydney uh, when they lost. And against uh, Hawthorne in a prelim as well. Yeah. It was just like they, they're always in it and you always think, oh, they could just click down. They just need one or two goals and they just keep finding yeah. a way to blow it. They were never a team just, that could manufacture the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, they could never just go bang, bang, bang and finish mm. the game. Yeah. And so they're really tough to watch. So it is funny that I turn to them as my... Uh, my sort of condolence after Melbourne aren't very good and they're even more frustrating, but I love them. I love them. I love both teams. I love Melbourne a lot more. Who do you love? Oh. <laughs> there Rory, my question. answer this. Hugh McCluggage is the best young midfielder in the comp. Fact, apparently. Give three reasons why. Answer so, this properly. You have to answer the actual question. Give three reasons why. Um... So, one, he's kicked the most goals out of any midfielder in the competition. That's a good one. That's an actual good one. Done well. <laughs> he's probably the most composed young midfielder in the comp. Ooh, okay. And he's got the one. most time and creates the most space. And this one kind of feeds into it, the first two a little bit. But he's probably the, the best forward of centre young midfielder. Like, he's, his ability to create and hit targets inside 50... I don't think there's a young... Like, who, who's this competition? Because I think I've, I'm almost willing to age out Oliver, Cripps, and Kelly. They're sort of in the prime. Yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah, it's really hard to know where we're cutting off. Yeah. Like, I, I don't Cripps think he... young. Yeah, but he's not in the same generation as yeah, the pluggage. Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. It's Taranto. I think maybe Hopper. That he might be in the last year I'm willing to accept. Who else is really young and showing a hole? Sam Walsh, obviously, but he's just nowhere near a good enough kick yeah, to not, justify not going. Not yet, yeah. yeah. I'm act- I'm struggling to think of them, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and McCluggage is a jet. Like, the uh, a lot of his competition comes from his own side because Barry's very yeah. good. <laughs> You've answered that question quite well, Banjo. I'm, I'm quite impressed. Yeah, I really like McCluggage. He's in my fantasy draft side, and I'm really <laughs> happy with it. <laughs> yep, all right. Uh, yeah, so another one for you. So, is Casey losing to the All-Australian Under-18 squad symptomatic of Melbourne's turmoil? Poochie, this happened weeks ago. Why are you bringing that up now? This happened about a month ago, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Casey have been considering the amount of injuries we have in literally every one of our depth players who are important at Casey or were last year when we made a grand final. Mm. They're all injured. So considering that, we've actually been quite impressive. Casey have been... Every game we've played has been quite close. Yeah. We, we've ended up losing a few, which we maybe should have won. But uh, we've been quite competitive, which no I'm actually surprised about. No one wants to hear about. So let's take... Let's talk about the real takeaway. It's a good draft. Good draft. Yes, well, right, yes. Good time to be correct. bottoming we're, Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're both happy about that. This dirty pooch. Uh, Rory. FYI, Gary Rowan was picked six by the Swans in 2009. Yeah, it's not really a question and I'm sure everyone's <laughs> cottoned on to, but it was a very, very, very welcome fact check from Mark. I can't remember Started his last name. B. Yeah, Mark <laughs> B. If I said he was pick five or if I said he was in another pick, I apologize for my errant uh, errant words, but Gary Rowan was pick six. Very talented player, as we keep harping on about. Get it right, Banjo. Pick uh, six in 2009. He didn't say it wasn't you who screwed up. Let's just Let's just reflect on that. Don't, don't absolve yourself of all responsibility. All right, final well, question. So another one for you, Scott. Given Melbourne struggled to beat top eight sides <laughs> last year, in hindsight, should we have had much lower expectations on them to start the season? Okay, I have a couple of issues here. One, why is this whole segment bullying me this week? Can I just answer that bit first? Because you deserve it. 
Go on. Why do I... Did you miserable? Number two. Excuse me. Four weeks in a row, we beat West Coast in Perth, who were the premiers. GWS, who were a top eight team. Geelong and Hawthorne. Okay, so Geelong and we Hawthorne. We did it in a row. That was a month of beating top eight teams. Geelong, Get Geelong, stuffed, Poochie. Geelong and Hawthorne pooch. were the weakest top eight sides. Let's be clear. They were still top eight sides. That's, that's and okay. we smashed that's them. Okay. And when it really came down to it, what happened when you played West Coast in West Coast? Well, that's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I agree with that. Enough. They did have a week off. And the, yes, they were a better team. But you can't say we didn't beat top eight teams. We had a month of beating top eight All teams. All I remember is late in the season, you were about two and ten against top eight sides. Yes, but then we won four in a row. Yeah, and then you lost by Which 80 I think points. told everyone to get stuffed, including and now you, you're Kurt. Two, and now you're Bring two it up, old, old crap, Kurt, just to bully me. Anyway, let's finish with the <laughs> question of battle situations with unexpected handicaps. Oh, God, I'm scraping the barrel at the moment. Yeah, do we have to look for a new page? So just give some time we're for it to close. replenish. No, we're going we're to finish off. We're, we're, we're getting close, though. Ben Lee. Remember Ben Lee? Yeah, what's his song again? Yeah, we'll get to that. Ben Lee, but he was forced to listen to Catch My Disease on That's repeat <laughs> for 48 hours leading up to the fight versus Stu from The Hangover. But he contracted leprosy in Jerusalem in 200 BC. I mean, he's pretty. If he's last, if those he's are those long, are two of the wildest differences in <laughs> handicaps I've ever they're seen. They're stretching it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm struggling from angle this. So you know, my first thought about when, when's is this? So this has to be taken in modern. This fight has to be happening now, right? I did say so I think so. Does so. Stu have time travel, or is he just immortal? See, that's what I—that's where my mind went. I suspect that he contracted leprosy in Jerusalem in 200 BC, and despite that, he is still lived to today. I—I I think I'm going to back him in. That sounds pretty yeah. Well, if to if he can survive leprosy, I don't think Ben Lee can. Oh, absolutely. So then it's a guarantee. As soon as like the fight starts and he touches him. It's leprosy you contract by touch, right? So yes. can, yeah. So then it's yeah, a guaranteed it's, win. It's not going to kill him on the spot. No, but then Stu just fucks off and waits for him to die. He just runs away. Yeah, why would you have to? He's down by Ben Lee who's just been listening to his song on repeat for 48 hours. If you hours. had to listen to that song on repeat for 48 hours, wouldn't you give up on life immediately? <laughs> to be honest, I don't dislike the song. I no, but 48 hours yes. of it. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's like Barney the be, Dinosaur. That, I would be, that would get old. I would be banging my head against the wall, yeah. No, I'm 100% backing in Stu on this one. Yeah. You Stu take was a different the one with the glasses, though? yeah. He was the nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Phil dentist. was Bradley Cooper, yeah. No, no, I'm still backing in Stu. Yeah. Yeah. Like, seriously, just block. He's lasted a long time with leprosy. Yeah, of course. I really wish they told us if they had weapons or not. Like, I always... No, you assume no weapons. You assume this is all there is. But like, um, mm. All right, that's it for the week. Yeah, anyway, thanks for listening to the Plebs on Footy podcast. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow on Twitter at PlebRoryAFL. We do have a Plebs on Footy podcast Twitter handle that has yet to be updated. Or really... Get on to it, Ben. But it might happen. Give us a rate and review on iTunes uh, and listen next week. Thank you.